Yeah, man. Uh, so my name is Jarrett Lars. Um, I'm well. I'm now living in Great Valley, Texas. I hail from Halton, Louisiana, and uh, I am a aspiring fitness content creator. Uh, yeah, on YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and I really just put out uh, my content is really focused on fitness, um, self development, and you know, really anything to grow spiritually, mentally, or physically strong. Coming to terms with the difficulties in your life and being gentle with yourself can have positive effects on your mental well-being. Your life, at least right at this moment, might not be how you pictured it. Maybe your job, bank account, or relationship has seen better days. Perhaps you dropped the ball on the things that used to be most important to you, and you can't see a way back to the person you want to be. Either way, your knee-jerk reaction is to blame yourself. Maybe a good old-fashioned kick in the pants will motivate you to get your act together. If that sounds like how you think, you're definitely not alone. But it may be time to take stock of your self-talk and welcome a new way of thinking. Hey there, it's JD. You're listening to the What's Your Story podcast. A mounting body of evidence suggests that a kinder way of thinking about yourself, what researchers call self-compassion, can ease stress, decrease pain, and even spark us to take better care of ourselves and others. But the question I get asked is, how do we get there? Thinking about yourself in a new, more compassionate light might seem like an impossible feat, especially if you're used to beating yourself up. The good news is, if you know how to show someone else compassion, researchers say you can easily learn how to do the same for yourself. So here's what you need to know about the science behind self-compassion and how to be a little nicer to yourself. First off, what is self-compassion? If a loved one opened up about a struggle, how would you respond? Chances are, with compassion, which is the ability to recognize someone else's suffering and take action to help or support them. Self-compassion is the same thing. The easy way of thinking about it is treating yourself like you would treat a good friend, with warmth, kindness, and support, says self-compassion researcher Kristen Neff, associate professor of psychology at the University of Texas at Austin. A growing number of studies have found that shifting your mindset towards self-compassion can have positive effects on your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Research suggests that extending kindness to yourself can tame symptoms of stress, anxiety, depression, and even chronic pain. A more self-compassionate mindset can also improve relationships with partners and children and even prevent caregiver burnout. Self-compassion is also proven to be a more effective motivator than self-criticism or even shame. So my story begins... I'd say May of last year. Um, so May of last, well, before May of last year, I was married and uh, I was expecting a, uh, I was expecting my daughter. My daughter was actually born in May 3rd. And, 
I'd say maybe, I'd say about May 22nd, May 22nd of that year, 2022, that's when, um, basically, you know, we're three weeks into it, really enjoying it, me and my wife at that time, and, um, just taking care of a little girl, and, uh, my parents come in, her parents can come in, and, uh, they end up, at this time, I didn't know, but she was dealing with postpartum, and she ended up kicking my mom out, and that really offended me, and I was, back then, I was kind of a guy that, like, not to, like, really rush the story, but I, I, like, sedated myself with so much stuff, man, I was a controls engineer at the time, so, high-stress job, and when you're doing something high-stress, yeah, you just, you just do like I, I was doing, you know, like I was big on like CBD, marijuana, stuff like that at that time, just to kind of like clear the, you know, clear the pain, whatever. And big on pornography, you know, still, you know, as a married man, just a lot of stuff that was just extremely toxic. But back to the story, um, I ended up, she ended up kicking my mom out, and I got extremely frustrated about it, and I ended up, uh, throwing her phone, I remember that, because she, like, called called her, like, her sister, and I remember after that, uh, I'd say she called the cops, but, I mean, they had nothing to charge me against, because I just threw her phone, but they were like, hey, can you go chill out for a day, so I chilled out in a hotel, and when I came back, she was gone, uh, my three-week-old daughter, and her, they, she, she jetted out. And I mean, it was, it was crushing, man. I mean, it, it really sucked, you know, cause you're like, man, I didn't think it was, it was going to be something like that, that would cause you to leave. And of course there are, there are a lot of other things that happened. I mean, we didn't have the best relationship. It was a little bit toxic, definitely. And there were some things that I could have done as a man, uh, especially as a man of God that I called myself to be at that time, like that I could have done better, but I mean, it really hurt. And so I'd say basically how I got here was when a week after, you know, my wife is still gone. And I mean, I'd say maybe two, three days later, she sent in divorce papers and I'm on child support. I mean, it was quick, bro. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so it's like, dang, did you always, did you just want this? Yeah, like, it it definitely does make you question, like, dang, you did this so quickly. Was this kind of always, like, I guess the word is, like, premeditated in your mind. People who treat themselves with kindness tend to be more proactive in meeting their goals. Studies have found that self-compassion can motivate positive health behavior and improve health outcomes as a result. A 2014 study co-authored by Neff found that women who practice self-compassion meditations regularly for just three weeks experience less shame and dissatisfaction about their physical appearance, even learning to appreciate their bodies. One 2019 paper concluded that self-compassion plays an important role in helping people recover from substance use disorders. The benefits of self-compassion are many, and each one stems from the same principle. 
how you think about yourself and difficult situations can shape how you respond to them. Widely considered the gold standard of psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, uses a strategy called cognitive restructuring to help people cope with difficult life circumstances and mental health conditions like anxiety and depression. According to the American Psychological Association, CBT can help people uncover distortions in their thinking patterns that can affect emotions and behavior. Self-compassion is a form of cognitive restructuring. People high in self-compassion tend to see negative events as less dire than people low in self-compassion, in part because they tend to dwell less on negative emotions, and research suggests that it helps them cope better, according to a 2010 paper published in Social and Psychology Compass. Self-compassion also enables people to seek support from others and practice self-care, which can help alleviate suffering, or at least how you think about it. And that's the beauty of changing your thoughts. You can also influence how you feel about yourself and, as a result, how you treat yourself. Going through all this at the same time, I, I mean, it was hit after hit, right? So she left me and all the money that was in our savings account, she took as well. So I'm sitting here in this um, luxury apartment. I mean, two bedroom. I mean, this thing is huge and you're paying a freaking mortgage for it. And I don't have any money and I'm like legit freaking out. I'm going to work every day because I'm still, you know, working as a control engineer and I'm going to work and trying to, you know, have this mask on that everything is okay when everything outside of my job is literally crumbling. It's so, so hard. I mean, it, it can get to the point where you're like, man, I, I don't know. I'll be honest, I was just like, man, I don't know if I wanted to do this anymore. I wanted to check out. And that's where the suicide ideations came in. And I remember one day, I mean, this was one of the hardest days. I remember this, I'll remember this day for the rest of my life. It was a Friday. This is after work. And work was hectic. But I, I came back and I, I remember coming home after I got off. And I was, I was just done. You know, empty house. Totally just hurting, man. And I'm like... I don't even know what to explain it. I guess I could call it an anxiety attack at that time. It was a mix of anxiety. It was depression. It was just so much of what the hell am I going to do? I'm sorry. And um, I remember going to my bathroom and I freaking had a, I freaking had a knife. And I was like, man, if this don't work, I'm going to go to this gun store and I'm going to, I'm going to check out. I'm tired of this life. This life is way too hard. And I remember sitting there with my back to the door um, in the bathroom. I mean, I'm on the floor. And uh, I remember this is, you know, that's for, this is for people. I, don't, I mean, if you're spiritual, yes, but this is personally, I'm a man of God. I believe in God. That's something that I really, I feel like has saved my life. But I, I felt like God was telling me, man, You've tried everything in your life. You've tried everything else. You tried, you know, coping with a whole bunch of sex in your life. You tried coping with social media. You tried to numb with, you know, video games. You tried to numb with drugs. You, you tried to do all these things. Why don't you fully commit to me? You fully committed to everything else. Why don't you fully commit to me for just one time? And I was like, you know what? 
I'm never fully committed before. Like, like I live in the South, man. Like, you know, the way that this Bible Belt is, like, you can kind of be half in and half out. You know the way, you know how to do church, but you're not, like, you don't really have a relationship. And, um, I mean, now it was, I remember sitting there and I just, I just started bawling, crying. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to freaking try it. I can't sit here and let, I can't sit here and ruin my life and not see my fullest potential self. I can't, I can't sit here and just take my life away because of this situation. So, uh, I ended up going and, um, I just ended up started like it was just like this whole self development like montage honestly so like the first thing that was the thing I did was like I stopped watching pornography that was one of the things that I was using to like numb myself and then God just started showing slowly showing me things that I needed to do I really started getting to my you know my word and then it was just a whole self development journey of you know not only just you know getting things from the Holy Spirit, but like going to the, going to YouTube and like really, you know, seeing some of these content creators, I feel like YouTube videos were getting recommended to me that I really needed to see. Like one of them was like, uh, like Nick bear. Uh, he's an endurance athlete, really great guy, really good content creator. And, uh, you know, he was talking about how you can only control the controllables. And I really started using that within my life. And, uh, so I started running and I started with like, I started like running one mile every other day. And I mean, that was extremely hard and I was doing it on like an assault treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah before. And then I started, you know, doing it every other day, you know, like two miles every other day. And then it started slowly progressing to where I ran like 10, 12, you know, every week, like 10, 12 miles every week. And I started you know, doing calisthenics and, you know, I learned about meditation and learning about how to really know myself. And I started really figuring out who I was and not being mad at my past self, but honestly, kind of being mad about my past self, but honestly, learning from my mistakes and not being too hard on myself about what happened. And I mean, slowly, over time, things just started to just shift. I just felt to shift mentally, spiritually, physically. I was getting stronger. I mean, in all areas. And um, slowly, I just kept growing and started learning these techniques that helped me to be a better man. And what I've learned is like, man, it can be self-care. Taking care of yourself is extremely hard. We'll be right back. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that should be taken seriously. And while this may be another sponsored ad, my relationship with BetterHelp is personal because for the past year, I've been using BetterHelp to gain my own mental clarity. I can sit here all day and tell you to seek help, but the truth is we're in this together. In the end, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. 
Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or simply not dealing with stress very well. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed or scared of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the millions of people, myself included, who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you're your greatest asset. As a special offer to listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. And remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. I mean, I, I picture it, it's kind of like a, it's like delayed gratification, man. Like you got to really work towards, you know, being at peace and being happy in a healthy way. I mean, if you want it in an unhealthy way, you can get it like that, but it's not going to last for long. You get what I'm saying? So like, that's something that I've really been learning, but like that, and then slowly I just started, I got really plugged into a church and then I start having, you know, community groups and great men around me that really poured into me and who were emotionally transparent with me and told me about their problems. And I talked to them about my problems. I mean, I'm in a group now where it's like, I'm the youngest guy there. I'm 26, right? Everybody else is like 50 plus. And it's like, we're just talking about problems and just being emotionally transparent. And it's like, man, I started to realize how like big that is to have community. So then like, Basically, I, I started thinking about, man, how can I show um, young boys who are younger than me, like, the way, kind of like the way out when things go wrong, when things, like, when life hits you. Because, let's just be honest, life is always going to hit you. But, I mean, it's it's inevitable, right? You're Everybody has something that is going to really hit them in life. And especially with like young men and just men in general, um, how can we have it to where you don't see, you know, these young men shooting up freaking movie, movie theaters and stuff like that, like where they can actually heal and process through these emotions. So that's why I started, you know, I started to put out content. I started to put out YouTube videos about, you know, self-development, self-help. Um, and I've been really just trying to share my story on like, hey, man. I'm going through it. I mean, even right now, as I like, I'm still going through a divorce. And even as I, you know, heal, having somebody that still looks at you as somebody that's like a monster and you're still having a, you know, trying to prove to them, hey, like I'm, I'm a different person and still working. Like I'm, there's so much that I'm doing. And I mean, I, I hardly even... I hardly even get to see like my daughter or anything. And that still hurts too. I'm still working through all of this, but like, you know, motivating these, you know, not just young men, but men that you can, you can still overcome all this stuff. If you not only just cling to God, but do the things that are hard, do what's uncomfortable 
point, you know, exercising, but not only just exercising physically, but spiritually and mentally. So while research about the power of self-compassion is clear, it works for most of us. Adopting a more self-compassionate mindset comes with a major learning curve. Chalk it up to your body's design. Your brain is wired to respond to internal and external threats with a fight or flight response. When the threat is internal, we fight ourselves by beating ourselves up or flee into a sense of shame or perceived judgments. Today's culture of comparison and competition perpetrated by the media certainly doesn't help. It's easy to confuse self-kindness with letting yourself off the hook, especially if you want your life to change. The opposite of self-compassion is self-criticism, and we're really good at that. It seems from this idea that self-criticism motivates us to do better, but the researcher would probably say it doesn't, especially in the long term. If you find yourself thinking in should statements, I should be thinner, smarter, better able to handle my stress, then you probably know the kick in the pants approach only lasts so long. Think of it in terms of how you treat a child or someone else you care about. You can threaten someone if they mess up, and they'll probably comply. But you'll also instill anxiety and shame, which can be paralyzing. We motivate change because you care, not because we're afraid. People also tend to equate self-compassion with weakness, selfishness, or self-indulgence. Compassion does involve a degree of gentleness, just as comforting a child or a close friend would, but it can also represent strength and ferocity. People don't understand that if you support yourself, have your own back, and speak up for yourself, you'll be stronger and more able to get through. As a result, you'll be more likely to meet your goals and help others. Luckily, the way out of that harmful, shame-based feedback loop is also hardwired. Along with a fight-or-flight response, every human is equipped with caregiving instincts that help keep others safe. Evolution says the first instinct is to self-criticize when you feel threatened but you can hack the system. Tell yourself, I'm gonna treat myself like I would treat anyone I care about, with kindness, warmth, and understanding. Anyone who has experienced stress or suffering can benefit from this practice. When you're experiencing pain or suffering, you can apply certain skills and practices in the moment so you don't have to wait on your best friend or partner. The first and most important step in self-compassion is mindfulness, the state of being aware of your challenges and discomfort without judgment. Coming to terms with difficulties in your life can be uncomfortable, but if you're ignoring or numbing your pain, it won't go anywhere, and over time, it'll probably get worse. Normally, we want to fight and resist it, but in order to be kind to ourselves, we need to be able to turn toward our pain. If you want to reap the benefits of self-compassion, commit to paying attention. Carve out a few minutes every day to practice mindfulness. Take slow, deep breaths and tune in to what you're thinking and feeling. Along with your thoughts and emotions, it's also important to notice physical sensations. Do you feel tired, tense, or ramped up? Many of us don't pay attention to how our thoughts and emotions get expressed in the body, but that's one way our brains and nervous systems communicate with us. Then, try to name what you're experiencing. Your emotions and physical sensations are signs that point to what you need, which is the key to self-compassion. People who can label their feelings accurately are more skilled at calming themselves down because they can better identify how to support themselves. Naming your feelings also makes them less mysterious and overwhelming. 
Whether you go for a walk or grab a journal, take some time to figure out the underlying emotion. Maybe, for example, you feel angry that things haven't been going well at work, jealous of a friend who seems to be doing better than you, or anxious that a sibling is upset with you. Once you pin it down, it's time to restructure your thinking, also called reframing. If you do get stuck in a cycle of shoulds, reframe those thoughts to woulds. So, for example, instead of, I should be more self-compassionate, say to yourself, it would be great if I could show myself more self-compassion, and I'm going to try every day to get better. It can also help to remind yourself you're not alone in whatever you're going through. Past memories and experiences help from our, form our beliefs about who we are, and we naturally reinforce that narrative with self-talk, which can cause us to feel stuck. Reminding yourself that you're not the problem everyone struggles and suffers can help you extend more compassion to yourself. Compassion, by definition, is a connected way of being. With self-compassion, we frame our experience in light of a shared human experience. It's not just you who's having a hard time or made a mistake. It happens to everyone. This perspective can normalize your pain and open the door to much-needed kindness. Next, after you notice, accept and normalize your feelings. It's time for a simple thought experiment. Ask yourself, what you'd say to a good friend who's going through the exact same thing. Try saying something similar to yourself out loud in a comforting tone of voice. Maybe, for instance, this is really hard, but you're resilient and you have the support you need to get through it. Talking to yourself out loud might feel strange, but it's a powerful practice in reshaping your thinking, especially if you use the third person and include your name. Your brain will perceive that as someone else saying it to you. You can even put your hand on your shoulder or chest or hug yourself as you talk to yourself. Studies show the body responds the same way to self-touch as it does to a hug from someone else by reducing the cortisol response to psychosocial stress. In the process, take a few slow, deep breaths to soothe your stressed out body. Deep breathing and mindfulness can also help activate the calm-inducing rest and digest response. And finally, Take action. Acts of self-care can be acts of self-compassion. So try to come up with a practical way of meeting your own needs. Schedule a day off if you're overwhelmed. Do an activity you love. Take a nap or even a hot bath. Or just meet up with a supportive loved one. A simple act of self-care may not change the trajectory of your life, but it does demonstrate you're taking your commitment to self-compassion seriously, which will help change your thinking over time. And it's not really audible, right? It's kind of just a feeling. And I think I, that's one thing I really want to clarify. Like people think like you're just going to get this big boom, boom and voice. It's like, hey, stop. No, that's, that's totally not how it goes. Well, that's how, how it's been for me. That's not how it goes. But I think it's a little bit of like, I felt that it, this was not the right thing to do, that I was going to ruin my life if I did this, that if I did this right now, I was going to absolutely ruin my life and I was never going to see something that on the other side of this uh and other another part of it was like a little bit even though you know i'd say 85 or 90 percent of me did not want to live there was another 10 percent of me that still had the will to live like literally wanted to keep going regardless of me not seeing my daughter or yeah regardless of whatever was going on i still wanted to live i didn't want to take my life and you know you know, just sit here and 
you know, have my funeral and not really do nothing. Like that would, that would freaking crush me, man. And especially if I'm at the end of this, you know, if I would have and just been like, dang, what if I didn't do that? Just because of, you know, that little thing that has happened. So yeah, I think that's, that's really where my head was. It was a little bit of like, God, but at the same time, it was like me saying like, man, I really don't want to do this. But it just really, really sucks right now that I'm going through this. And it really, really hurts. So, At times, you may need what people call fierce self-compassion. While tender self-compassion is accepting, loving, and soothing, fierce self-compassion involves protective energy, setting boundaries, speaking up about your needs, or saying no to prioritizing your needs. If you've taken care of a child, you know about the importance of this mama bear energy, so to speak. If a child is about to run into the street, you don't say, I love you. You yell, stop. The same protective energy is often essential to self-compassion. When you catch yourself slipping back into self-criticism, and you probably will, because changing your brain takes time and practice, that's a perfect opportunity to show yourself some kindness. There's a good scripture. I think it's like James. It's James 1, 2 through 3. And it's like, my friends, be glad. Even if you have a lot of trouble, you know you learn to endure by having your faith tested and it's like you grow when you go through struggles that's like a good that's a good part of my message that when you're going through struggles like this even though this really sucked right even though that I'm going through a divorce it's very hard to see my daughter my wife left me I'm growing it because of it and learn that when you're going through you know obstacles and trials in your life you can either take it as a lesson and grow from it or you can just let it absolutely just destroy you. So that's one of the things that I really try to uh, put out in my, you know, in my content. Another thing I put out is like, you really have to be comfortable with the, with the uncomfortable. I mean, that's a cliche to say, but I mean, that that's really it. Like, if you really want to grow um, in whatever, mentally, spiritually, you know, or physically, you really got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable that's the waking up early in the mornings and doing a you know workout before you go to work or you know meditating and you know making sure you're praying at night or making sure you're doing yoga or breathing exercises I mean all these things uh are what I'm really putting out uh rather than you know numbing yourself to the many different things that you can numb yourself with these days. No matter where you are in the journey, don't forget to pay attention to how your thoughts change with you. As a compassionate guide, you'll feel less overwhelmed by negative emotions and feel more warmth and support to deal with whatever you're going through. I want to say thank you to Jared for taking the time to share a story with us today. If you love hearing these stories and want to get them in your ears sooner than later, Head over to our newly created Patreon page where you'll receive episodes a week in advance along with supporting the show. What's Your Story is produced by me, JD, with background music by Chad Lawson. The stories, though, well, they're all yours. So if you've got a story you want to share, you can do so by heading to fragilemoments.org slash tellyourstory. If there's something that resonated with you today, let me know at at storysharingpod over on Twitter and now on Instagram. Any show but especially a small one like us, survives based on reviews from you, the listener. Give this episode a five-star review when you're done processing all you heard today so that others can see how important stories like these are to share. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to hearing your story one day. Because 
we all have within us a story to tell, a song, yet unsung. <laughs>